This is Retirement Talk with Mike Graber from Compass Retirement Advisors. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Mike Graber provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement Uh, goals. And now, here is Retirement Talk with Mike Graber. Hello again, and welcome to Retirement Talk with Mike Graber and Compass Retirement Advisors. Hey, we have a, a very special guest with us uh, today, Maya McGinnis, president of the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget, is making a return uh, to our show. Uh, Maya uh, is right there in the middle of things in Washington, D.C., and along with other members uh, of her committee, they keep an eye, uh, keep a close watch on federal spending, and uh, today we're going to talk about the federal spending and the impact that uh, the government's attitude uh, toward uh, use of our dollars has on our economy and ultimately uh, how that uh, will affect all of us when it comes to uh, the decisions and the planning that we need to make here in southwestern Indiana as individuals toward uh, our retirement savings and our, our income plans. But before we uh, bring on Maya, uh, I want to give you this week's update from usdebtclock.org. U.S. federal debt is uh, right at $31 trillion now. Wow. Uh, I saw several news articles this week where uh, we have hit that number officially. We've been uh, growing toward it uh, over these last uh, many weeks and months, and I, I, I saw several uh, articles, a lot of commentary that uh, we have hit an all-time record high when it comes to federal debt at $31 trillion. Unfunded liabilities, uh, that number is right at $172 trillion. And uh, I'm beginning to see uh, more and more uh, people take note of uh, just how uh, large uh, these debt numbers are. Uh, I don't know uh, what uh, has triggered it. Uh, I think one of those is that the uh, much higher uh, interest rates the government's going to have to pay on its debt uh, is causing uh, some concern. And uh, we hope that uh, that uh, notice continues to spread uh, across uh, the decision makers' minds and that they'll eventually uh, start doing some right things. But, you know, it's pretty obvious with every dollar the government spends, you know, I feel a little more weight on on my shoulders. And and for those of you who are paying attention there, uh, I'm sure that you feel that extra weight uh, as well. And uh, that does lead to uh, some concerns uh, for all of us about the, uh, the viability of our retirement income plans. You know, we make projections uh, based on uh, the world as we see it. And uh, this debt picture is quickly uh, changing many of the assumptions that were built into those plans. And at uh, Compass Retirement Advisors, we believe Uh, that this debt picture uh, is going to bring a a day of reckoning. Uh, These unprecedented levels of debt and deficit and unfunded liabilities ultimately is going to paint uh, the politicians into a corner where they have no alternatives other than to uh, increase uh, federal income tax revenues uh, or to make uh, other changes in the code that uh, impact you and me. And uh, even you, Tony, where it hurts the most, and, and that's in our, our wallet. Oh, yeah. Or they're, 
or they're going to have to uh, take a look at trimming uh, spending, uh, cutbacks uh, to the formulas uh, for promises that they've made. So that's kind of the, the picture uh, of the world we're in today, and that's why we had Maya uh, come back uh, on our show. But, uh, Tony, uh, I think this is a, a big show for us today. Uh, thanks again uh, for, for joining me. Well, thank you for having me again on the show, Mike. And it was a great interview. I'm so excited uh, to talk to Maya and so our listeners can hear just what she has to say uh, about all this. And uh, I kind of had to laugh there. You said, you know, they're going to have to, you said uh, politicians and our government are going to have to um maybe cut spending or increase the taxes. Uh, but are they, are they really going to cut spending, Mike? <laughs> That's the, that, That's the big challenge. That remains you know. to be seen uh, to actually cut spending. And I think uh, that's where uh, they've failed uh, in the past. I, I don't doubt their ability to raise taxes, even though it's unpopular with the, with the people, with their voters, but I, they may do that. It depends. Uh, but they will for sure not cut spending. Uh, well, not for sure, but I, I would think, like you said, they would have to cut spending at some point, right? I mean, that um, seems to be where we're headed. But you know, everyone knows that uh, you know the spending uh, is part of most politicians' uh, re-election uh, formula. <laughs> you know, bring money back to the district, right? And, uh, right. And, and Maya's challenge, you know, to him and our listeners will hear that is, is just, you know, pay for the spending that, that you do. Just you can't continually add it uh, to the backs of, uh, of Americans. And we're starting to see and feel uh, some of the repercussions. Uh, you know, the economy isn't humming along as well as it should. Uh, there's not money for the government to maybe address some of the other uh, issues they need to be dealing with just because, uh, so much of the budget now is going just to pay the interest on uh, the debt. Uh, I saw an article uh, just this morning um, that uh, talked about that very issue. Uh, just we're looking at you know five hundred billion to six hundred billion dollars in interest expense just on the debt, and and that's because. Uh, uh, some of that money was spent on things that are, are long gone. They're, they've worn out. Uh, those programs are no longer effective. But we borrowed the money for them, and, and we haven't paid it, paid that principal off. So we continue to have the interest I- expense. And, uh, you know, it, it, it can't continue. And, and that's whenever Maya says it's unsustainable, um, it, it really is. You know, uh, as uh, David Walker, the former I had a CPA for the government, the controller general, uh, said that there's a four-letter word that proves it, and the four-letter word is M-A-T-H. The math (laughs) proves that we're on a a course, a trajectory that can't uh, continue. Yeah, it can't be sustained. you got to do the math. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, big numbers. We're talking about $31 and that's hard for people to even wrap their heads around. So uh, I'm looking forward to getting into this interview. Uh, I'm excited. We're going to talk with Maya. I know you have questions for her about the so-called Inflation Reduction Act, and I'm interested to see where this takes us. Well, I think it's really important that we bring our listeners information that's helpful to them 
you know, as they contemplate uh, the retirement plans. You know, the financial issues that, that we face are, are real. Uh, they shouldn't be ignored. So here is part one of my interview with Maya McGinnis. She's the president of the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget. And uh, she visited uh, with me, and we recorded this show on uh, September the 26th. So here is uh, part one with Maya McGinnis. Maya, it's great to have you back on Retirement Talk with Mike Graber. It's been almost a year uh, since we last spoke on uh, these important uh, financial uh, topics for the country. And uh, in the meantime, uh, the Biden administration, uh, they've been unfolding many of the goals that they had coming into office. There have been several recent legislative wins for the president, and we want to talk about one of them today. But uh, thank you so much again for making time uh, to appear on our show today. Sure. Happy to join you. Okay. Well, recently, President uh, Biden signed into law the uh, Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, and uh, I'd like for you, from, from your position, where you sit in Washington, D.C., with the Committee for Responsible Federal Budget, maybe uh, share with our listeners what you see uh, as uh, the president's uh, goal, what he is trying to accomplish with that legislation, and then uh, how you feel about uh, it actually accomplishing his intent. Right. So, well, President Biden started with a much loftier goal, despite the fact that this is quite a big bill. He started with a much loftier goal in the Build Back Better framework, which had a lot of different policy objectives, including help for child care, pre-K, child tax credit, health care, climate, a whole long list of priorities. That bill basically was too big to be able to get through the Senate. There are a number of folks who thought it was too large. Senator Manchin and Kirsten Sinema, Senator Sinema were the two kind of major outspoken folks who are worried about it. Um, And Senator Manchin, who really kind of wrestled this bill away from what would have been very large and from our perspective, dangerous because it relied so much on debt. It wasn't fully paid for and it had a lot of budget gimmicks of false expirations, policies that were said to expire that they wouldn't. And Senator Manchin kind of wrestled that away and said, I want a bill that's going to be smaller, less gimmicky, and reduce the deficit. And at the time, very few people thought this was going to work. There are many, many false starts, fits and starts. But in the end, I think the accomplishment that is truly important about the IRA is that they put together the first deficit-reducing bill in over a decade. This is a bill that has a lot of new revenues more than that is spent, and then a a lot of spending, but less than the revenues. So it is both a deficit reduction bill and a bill that has revenues both on businesses um, and something called the tax gap, which is very important, but more funding for the IRS so that there is less tax evasion. And then the spending focuses on two big areas, climate and healthcare. And so they achieved a lot of their priorities But again, importantly, from my perspective, did so in a way that would reduce the deficit, something that hasn't happened in over a decade, because almost all bills that are passed these days are done done so through deficit financing. Well, we certainly welcome uh, maybe the change in attitude a little bit in Washington where they're uh, attempting to address, uh, you know, the, the lingering and ongoing uh, debt issue. Uh, we, we've talked extensively on our show about uh, how 
the numbers just continue to build on the debt, the unfunded liabilities numbers, um, and any action uh, along those lines uh, is helpful. Um, what true impact on the on the debt do you see? Uh, is it uh, significant enough that it, that it's going to uh, turn the tide uh, and, and bring down the uh, overall uh, debt picture uh, in the long term, Maya? No, unfortunately, not even close. It's not a numeric success as much as it's symbolic or a uh, focus, an approach to governance success. So in terms of the numbers, this is going to save less than $240 billion over 10 years. Um, that's real money. But to put that in perspective, we did a study to look at how much debt, new debt over 10 years the Biden administration has approved since entering office and found that it's more than $4.9 trillion. So a $240 billion improvement with a $4.9 trillion deterioration, not overall moving in the right direction by any stretch of the imagination. And no, it really is just a drop in the bucket. However, what it did do is it got Congress used to the notion that if something is worth doing, it's worth paying for And they had to do some of the real work of budgeting, not just figuring out how to spend money or give it away in tax cuts, but also how to pay for those things. And that was, I think, symbolic and kind of in terms of creating muscle memory for members of how you how you pay for things. Very, very important. All that said, a week later, the president passed a very large executive order for giving a number of tons of hundreds of billions of student debt. And that more than outweighed the savings from the IRA. So again, to put it in context, it will really not do anything to improve our debt situation, um, certainly compared to all the policies that have been passed that have worsened the debt situation. And I might just add, so people understand just how bad the debt situation is, we are right now near the record levels of national debt as a share of GDP in this country. We're just under 100%. Our budget deficit, how much we borrow every year, is close to a trillion dollars with no sign of going down. We're on track to borrow $16 trillion more over the next decade if there's no new legislation that permits borrowing. And I'm terrified that we're going to put have a huge end-of-the-year grab bag where they put lots of new borrowing into the continuing resolution that they'll need to pass in December to keep the government from shutting down. We have interest payments that are as high as $400 billion a year that's the equivalent of $3,000 per household. Those interest payments are projected to triple over the next 10 years. And that's at interest rates that don't go up particularly high. If they go up just one percentage point above projections, that's going to increase about $2.5 trillion in new interest payments over the decade. Interest is the fastest growing part of the federal budget. And this has profound effects on the economy, on our standard of living, on our geopolitical vulnerability since we borrow much of our our, um, borrowing from overseas. So even though most of us don't see the deficit as affecting our lives on a daily basis, it absolutely does in both our economic and our national security well-being. And that situation is bad and it is getting worse. And I should also say, and we are an independent, nonpartisan organization, This situation deteriorated very much under the Biden administration. It also deteriorated very much under the Trump administration. So this is not a partisan issue. And unfortunately, there are no, neither party is really um, pushing the issue of fiscal responsibility in a way that's 
meaningful or top priority at this time. Like I sort of gave that shout out for Senator Manchin. He's really done a tremendous job of pushing for this issue this year. Um, but they're not a lot of fiscal heroes out there. There's some, and we actually give awards for fiscal heroes. But uh, uh, frankly, this year we had to we had kind of had to grade on grade on a curve because there's not too many people who are making this their top of their issue list. Yeah, I know that our uh, Indiana Senator Braun had been on your list in in the past, and and, and grateful for the, that effort. But it, it does it, it yeah. does seem like uh, we've kind of lost our way when it comes to just you know, basic finances and management. And we, we see the, the political uh, campaigns uh, where uh, there are a lot of promises for programs and, and giveaways, um, but not much discussion on, you know, is it good for the country? Can we uh, sustain this type of uh, spending uh, spree o- over a time? And, and I agree wholeheartedly that, uh, uh, the Republicans uh, don't have anything on the Democrats when it comes to spending uh, as a whole. And it's going to take, um, I don't know what it's going to take. Let me say that. I don't know what it's going to take for our country uh, to change direction on this. Whenever you, um, we like to have people go to usdebtclock.org and there's kind of a little time machine there where they can fast forward and take a look at the debt and the deficit and the unfunded liabilities in the out years. And those numbers are just, you know, staggering. Uh, and you're talking about, um, you know, how much uh, we, we pay in interest now and the impact of just a 1% uh, increase over the projection and, and what that's going to, to do to um, everything, really, from uh, the, the economy to uh, uh, global uh, interactions. And, and we spoke uh, a year ago. Uh, I, I made the comment about one of my high school history professors uh, saying that uh, he could see in the future that, you know, wars between nations would be uh, based on, you know, uh, economic uh, grounds. And uh, we, we've seen some of that with uh, Russia and how uh, nations are trying to combat uh, his aggression, you know, by uh, placing uh, different types of financial burdens and, and things uh, in his path. And whenever we are accumulating the amount of debt that we are, uh, who's to say that uh, at some point somebody overseas is unhappy with what we're doing and uh, triggers some events that, uh, you know, impact uh, our interest rates and our, our economy here. So it's a really serious um, issue. And we've been trying to shed the light on that for quite uh, a, a long time. When it comes to the name of this bill, the Inflation Reduction Act, do you think that uh, – adequately and, and correctly explains the intent of, of this bill, or is that another uh, way uh, Congress kind of uh, paints the picture and maybe tries to, to get uh, we Americans to take our eye off the ball a little bit? Well, I think it was the original intention of this really was to help tackle inflation. Senator Manchin was incredibly concerned about the effect of inflation on the economy. It's one of the reasons he didn't want to have a big bill that was dependent on borrowing. And so he structured it to try to help. And it does help in that it nudges in the right direction. If you're reducing the deficit, that that fights inflation. If you're increasing the deficit, that exacerbates inflation. Now, fiscal policy isn't the main tool that affects inflation. Monetary policy is, and that has a much, much bigger effect. But you at least want the government to be pushing in the right direction. Um, That said, again, because 
this bill is so kind of swamped by all of the additional barring that was layered on, the overall effect is not going to be to have any strong effect on inflation. But I know that was one of the intentions when it started, and it it at least doesn't work in the wrong direction, which every other piece of legislation that has been passed since inflation came into the economy has done. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting. Um... You know, as we, we watch how Washington works, you know, the uh, the original intent uh, and then it goes through the legislative process and what comes out uh, actually uh, into the law uh, sometimes, you know, uh, doesn't uh, look a lot like uh, the starting point. But but I, I'm thankful that, that uh, you know, Senator Manchin stood his ground and, and brought the, the total um, dollars on, on this uh, piece of legislation way down from that original Build Back Better um, proposal that, that had been out there for some time. Wow. Yeah. Thank you so much, Maya. What a great interview, uh, Mike and Maya. It's great to hear you guys talk about all this and really break down what the Inflation Reduction Act, which was passed and signed into law, uh, is trying to do uh, and is going to do. There's some good and some bad I see in there. So, uh, we really need to be aware, though, of what our government is doing and how it affects us. And I'm glad we have watchdog agencies uh, like that, uh, like the one, uh, Maya, the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget. Uh, I'm glad you're trying to keep these people honest. I know it's not an easy job. Mike, that was a great interview, wasn't it? It was, you know, I really uh, value her perspective, Maya's perspective, uh, and uh, the other members of, of her team. I would encourage our listeners to go to uh, crfb.org. That's Committee for Responsible Federal Budget, abbreviated crfb.org. Take a look at who some of uh, the members of that committee are, who the board of directors are. I'm sure you'll recognize many names there uh if you follow uh, the, the world of politics uh, at all uh and you know they are coming together uh, on this uh, committee with uh, maya's leadership to uh, shine the light to focus uh the politicians on this ever-growing issue of of debt so uh, we'll be back again uh, next sunday here on retirement talk with mike graber and we'll be bringing to you part two of my interview with Maya McGinnis, President of the Committee for Responsible Federal Budget. But in the meantime, if you have any concerns about your retirement planning, uh, give me a call at 812-787-0809. And uh, we always uh, are, are happy to take calls. If I uh, don't get uh, your call picked up on the first few rings, please leave me a message and I'll call you back just as soon as as we can, be happy to meet with you face-to-face at my office or uh, maybe uh, buy you lunch, buy dinner, meet at your place of business or your home. Whatever works, we'll do what we can to make it uh, convenient and easy for you uh, to get the information you need so you can evaluate your current uh, retirement uh, plan and make sure that it's up to date with these uh, financial and economic issues that we discuss here on Retirement Talk with Mike Graber. So until next Sunday, be well, take care. And uh, tell uh, one of your friends and your family uh, that uh, they might want to consider listening to Retirement Talk with Mike Graber. And you can also catch us on our podcasts, Spotify, Apple Play, and other uh, podcast uh, media by subscribing to Retirement Talk with Mike Graber. Thank you so much for joining us today. 
Thank you for listening to Retirement Talk. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, contact Mike Graber at Compass Retirement Advisors. Call 812-787-0809 or visit them online at Compass Retirement Advisors, LLC.com. Investment advisory services provided by Creative One Wealth LLC, a registered investment advisor. Compass Retirement Advisors LLC, the Insurance Shop Inc., and Creative One Wealth LLC are unaffiliated entities. Mike Graber and Compass Retirement Advisors are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. Provided content is for overview and informational purposes only and is not intended and should not be relied upon as individual tax, legal, fiduciary, or investment advice. Each individual situation will vary and opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no No representations can be made to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to representation. The information contained herein is based on our understanding of current tax law. The tax and legislative information may be subject to change and different interpretations. We recommend that you seek professional legal advice for applicability to your personal situation.